Welcome back to the Georgia 2024 show. I'm with my co-host, Bill Quinn. Welcome, Bill. Hey, good afternoon, Todd. Hey, we have a packed show today. We have Jackie Toboroff, who is the editor-in-chief of the Manhattan in New York, to talk about what's going on there. We have uh, one of our favorite analysts, Hank Sullivan, to dig deep again into issues of corruption in Georgia politics. And we have Chris Gleason, who is always bringing the best in election integrity news. Uh, before we get started, a little housekeeping. Uh, please sign up for our newsletters. We're brought to you by the Georgia Record, georgiarecord.com. And uh, please sign up for our no-ad subscriptions. We have the best reporting from around the world, 13 websites of, of last count, and really reporters all over the world. Uh, speaking of that, our CDTV is getting bigger and bigger. We're launching in January the 24-7 over-the-top network on one of the main providers like Hulu or Roku, and in addition to 24-7 streaming on the website. You should check out some of our shows. We have uh, really interesting stuff. We don't bring uh, talking heads to, you know, just give you the talking points of the day. We really dig down into subjects and we're going to continue that. So it's TV for smart people, as we say. So uh, check out our Rumble channel, CDM1, and, uh, you know, support our advertisers. And speaking of our advertisers, I'm going to bring on a quick ad from David Cross, who is our financial advisor. There's so much going on in the markets right now. And uh, do you take losses at the end of the year? Do you protect for geopolitical events? What do you do if you have a sophisticated or even an unsophisticated portfolio? So with that, here's a quick message from David. I'm David Cross, and you may know me from my election integrity work, but I also own U.S. Asset Management, a family-owned and operated investment advisory practice. I'm a certified portfolio manager, and my job is to help you make better decisions with your money. One of the things we try to avoid is investing in companies that push the woke agenda. If you're invested with one of the big firms out there, there's a pretty good chance that you're feeding the beast that hates your values. Our company is 100% conservative, and we'd love to have an opportunity to work with you. Check us out at us-am.com and look for our big, proud American Eagle logo. So, Bill, so much going on this week, man. Every show is just a packed uh, schedule with, you know, news breaking as we speak. You got anything to say before we start? It, it is amazing. I mean, we have stuff going on uh, locally, statewide, nationally. I mean, as you say, every week it seems to be more and more. Uh, folks wouldn't believe what we're doing behind the scenes to try to keep up. So, uh, once again, we'll, have, we'll bring as much as we can today. So let's get started. So uh, bring in Jackie, please. Jackie Toboroff is a friend of CDM. She's the editor-in-chief of the Manhattan.press in New York and uh, really plugged into what's going on there. And Jackie, you're not happy. Tell us what's happening in New York. <laughs> um, well, New York has really fallen. It's um, become a pro-terror, uh, pro-criminal situation. It's a typical Democrat enclave that has just been conquered by wokeism, by radicalism. And that's where we are right now. So you had a rally recently in the city that uh, you called me just, you know, you were amped up, as you said. Uh, what happened? You know, I was upstairs. I work from home. I'm a writer. And I was working and I heard, you know, Allah, Allah, and all of these um, 
things. And what I had assumed was happening was because it was on Friday that Mayor Adams, New York City Mayor Adams, has violated the separation of church and state. He has now allowed mosques to do the Muslim culture prayer on loudspeaker. This is a violation of the separation of church and state, church and state. So that is what I thought it was. And I was distracted and I went downstairs and I wanted to see what was happening. It was not that. What it was was a rally, a pro-Hamas, uh, pro-Palestinian rally directly in front of City Hall. And it was mind-blowing. First, the amount of people that were there, it was segregated. The men were all together. The women were on the outskirts. The men, you know, were wearing the kafia, the Palestinian scarf of war or resistance, uh, which is actually terrifying if you think about it, because it really is, it's calling for a jihad, even just mm -hmm. that symbol, which they should not be allowed to wear here because it is really called to jihad. And the police was uh, barricading them, protecting them, and quite rude and hostile to the pedestrians that no longer had access to walk safely on the sidewalk, which was given to the anti-America, anti-freedom, anti-women, anti-gay, anti-Christian, anti-white, anti-European, anti-moderate Muslim group. And again, it was like the taxpaying citizen was the enemy. So, um, you know, you have chronicled what's going on in New York from the changes in the crime situation. You, you're telling me you can't you don't feel safe walking down the street with your daughter. Um, you know, the, the city has really just pulled away from supporting its citizens and, and giving special status to other people. What, tell us about the police. Were, were they just doing that because they were infiltrated or they had certain police there or they were just angry and with people around? What, what do you think it was? Yeah, I think this is a really fascinating situation. What happened mm -hmm. was is that after George Floyd, which, you know, unleashed BLM and it was all predicated on lies, mm -hmm. the, the Democrats defunded police around the country. And what happened was, is that up until that moment, uh, most people really respected the police, mm -hmm. uh, whatever their religion or race was. And then police became the enemy after BLM. And mm -hmm. the thing that's so fascinating about that is in every single Democrat enclave, the majority of the police are minority. And what has happened here has been a very effective and ingenious sort of campaign of the left to demonize police, actually, not only with minorities and the left, but actually with the right. I'm now hearing from many people, conservatives, Republicans, that they can't stand the police anymore. And it seems like a really effective uh, campaign was done to get rid of the good police, the law abiding police, the non political police and to replace them in the past couple of years with woke, politically activated, clueless uh, police. So mm. I'm, I am definitely noticing that myself. They seem to hassle people for tickets. Um, they don't seem to care a lot about other people that are clearly committing crimes, which I have seen, um, because this is New York City. I, I see a crime pretty regularly. And I see them happen quite frequently in front of the police that do nothing. You mentioned some of the faith, faith aspects of, uh, of their um, protests. 
it was I think it was just yesterday that a city in Ohio, uh, Groveport, I believe, said that they will not allow faith-based uh, items to be sold at their, I think it's an apple butter festival or something. It seems like every time we hear about this, it's anti-Christian, anti-other things, but but seems to be focused in a different direction. Do you find that going on in New York? Yeah. So these people were calling for a jihad at the protest that I was at. Uh, they were condemning America. They were condemning Israel. You know, um, I'm American. So my focus is what happens in America and to Americans vis-a-vis what is happening in Israel. And it, it's pretty clear here. They are not just coming after Jews. They really hate everyone that is not uh, a terrorist. They really can't stand America. It's it's clear why they're here. They want to incite a jihad. This is clear. The only unclear questions that remain are why the American government is letting them in and why the American government is letting them stay. The First Amendment uh, is, is pretty specific with what it tolerates. I, I don't see inciting a jihad anywhere under the First Amendment. Very interesting. So we're pretty packed today, Jackie. Anything else you want people to know about the about New York, about the Manhattan, about what you're focused on? Yes. The Manhattan, I think, has been really cutting edge. I'm disappointed every time I open up a mainstream newspaper. Mm-hmm. I, I find that either they ignore what's happening completely or they lie about what's happening. And I think just what happened vis-a-vis this supposed hospital that was attacked and the supposed 500 Gazans that were killed, which we have now learned is a total lie, uh, brings me back to the importance of the Manhattan and publications, these, these publications that are really going out of their way, no matter what the truth is, to expose the truth and to to stick to the facts. Mm -hmm. And I urge everyone, you know, ignore mainstream media. It is, it is leading you astray. It really, you are going to be left in the dark. So check out the Manhattan. You can find us on Twitter and I'm constantly writing. We're uploading information and, you know, welcome. Yeah, it's one of CDM's uh, really flagship papers. And we have the Manhattan bestsellers list. If you're tired of getting the woke New York Times list with all the censored, you know, can't find Alex Jones on there or whatever, this, the Manhattan bestsellers list is always updated weekly and there is no censorship. We, we put it all out there, liberal, conservative, whatever. So thank you very much, Jackie, for coming on. Really appreciate it. I know you're busy. Thank you. So uh, do you think that's coming to Atlanta, Bill? You know, I'd be surprised if it wasn't. Just think back to, uh, as Jackie brought up, the mm-hmm. the BLM activities and some of the stuff after the uh, uh, the issues surrounding the you know George Floyd um, uh, stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, it ended up in Atlanta, and uh, you know we we've, we've had in the in the past few months we've had issues with protests. Uh, in that case, they were protesting a police training facility and mm-hmm. uh, some of them ended up getting charged. Some, I think, didn't. But but the point is they were here. So um, there was a story that many of them were operating or from other states. So yeah. Um, and going back to that time, I'll, I'll just toss in that uh, there were stories that many of these folks um, seemed to be traveling from state to state. It wasn't right. a we're not talking about a grassroots activity in every case. Sounds like there's plenty in New York that Jackie's observing, but 
um, in other parts of the country, everybody, including True the Vote, has reported seeing people and being able to track people moving across the country to go to these sort of hotbeds of, of protest or hotbeds of, uh, of issue. And uh, whether they've been called in, whether they're being organized, I think has yet to be, yet to be seen, but I uh, wouldn't be surprised if that pops its ugly, ugly head as well. I uh, hear you. Um, people need to be vigilant as to what's going on. Uh, the crime is skyrocketing. A lot of, you know, carjacks in wealthier pa parts of the country, uh, even in well-regulated areas. Um, so we are all about self-reliance at CDM, and that goes from food to medicine to, you know, across the board. We're trying to build the new economy so that you don't want to support a lot of these companies that are uh, really working against you in a, in a fascist kind of way, really. I mean, the merger of Corporate and government power is fascism. That's what it is. And I, I read a story. I'll throw, give a hat tip to the Gateway Pundit. But they, they put a story out, uh, I think, yesterday or today that CVS has removed all cold medicine from their shelves. Uh, this came after the FDA says they that none of this stuff works. And, yes, yeah, some of it doesn't work. Some of it works a little. But if you're, you know, like me and has got to go on the air and has a stuffy nose and needs to clear your nose and deal with some symptoms or something, it's nice to be able to do that. Uh, and I am not sure that the government and CVS is really concerned about whether drugs work or not, because they were very willing to stick you with some unproven, untested vaccines that were nefarious and killed you. So uh, I, I don't think that's the real reason. So the question is, what is the reason? And we don't really know. Um, but we do know that other drugs could be next. It could be antibiotics. So what if you are, um, you know, very sick, uh, you hurt yourself, you get a, some kind of infection and you go to the CVS and they said, well, sorry, you know, the government says, uh, you know, or what's a big antibiotic? Doxycycline doesn't work. Um, so we took it off the shelves and you can't get it. Um, that is a problem. And it could come and it could come without you even knowing it's coming and it boom, it's there. Um, it's like the South park, uh, episode and it's gone. So, um, you, you need to protect your family. And how do you do that? You can go to twc.health forward slash CDM and you can get their emergency medical kit. It is, uh, it has a bunch of different drugs that will treat most everything from tick bites, uh, you know, to any kind of bioweapon kind of coming down the, the pike, like, like a black death or something like that. A new COVID, a new virus. Um, it, it's, it's got a variety of things in there. And this kit is for one adult. So if you go to the website, twc.health forward slash CDM, you can see everything that's offered. And if you use promo code CDM, you can get a 10% discount. So uh, check it out and protect your family. Like I said, this protects one adult. If there's more than one of you, you may need to get more than one kit. Uh, there is a short uh, consultation online to be done, but it, it's painless and it's quick. So twc.health forward slash CDM. Use promo code CDM for a 10% discount. Bill, who do we got next? Uh, let's see. We are uh, we're going to be welcoming Chris Gleason. Uh, I don't see him on online in the green room yet. I um, think Chris is coming later. Why don't we bring okay. Hank in? All right, great. Well, we will bring Mr. Hank Sullivan in. Hey, Hank, how are you? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Good. Glad you could be with us today. Well, thanks for having me. So as fast as you can write your amazing Substack articles, it seems that there's more and more to talk about. So since uh, I think the, even the last time we had you on, I, was it was it just a week ago? 
there's been more <clears throat> come out from uh, from Fulton County and and even that doesn't appear to be done. So uh, if you're if if you're prepared, that would be wonderful to hear what the latest is coming out of Fulton. Yeah, I've got three substacks this week, as a matter of fact, two of which have been. Come on, sweet girl. It's OK. Go place place. I got a dog. He's going to video bomb you. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, three substacks, two of which have been published, and one that's going to go tonight. Uh, it is funny. You know, I do this just, it's not a its not a profession or anything. It's just, an, it's an avocation more than anything. But I've always enjoyed writing. And, uh, and every now and then you get to the point where, oh, hey, nothing's really going on. I wonder what's, what am I going to write about next? And you think, next thing you know, you, you get a text and, and it <laughs> opens up an entirely new world uh, to explore. And then, and that's what happened the other night. I, uh, I received a text alerting me to this, uh, these proceedings happening at the Fulton County uh, County Commission. And, uh, and with, with a, uh, a timestamp on the video to start watching. And, and that's what starts the whole ball rolling. And I'm, I'm watching in practical disbelief that, that one of the county commissioners, a fellow named Bob Ellis, was, was relating a narrative of, of things that happened uh, to him regarding this, the, uh, uh, the recent installation or, or not installation of a uh, security system down there by the Talatrix company uh, in which he's, he's relating that, that the sheriff had come to the county commission with an emergency request. And a lot of this is known uh, prior to the other day but came to the county commission with an emergency request back in April. They've got to have $5.3 million to be able to contract with Talatrix. And we've talked about Talatrix a good bit uh, to install its system in the Rice Street jail. So they, this is the same jail that just booked um, President Trump. And it's the same yeah. jail that's uh, managed. It's under the uh, auspices of Sheriff Labatt, who... Uh, got himself uh, outed in uh, in the uh, set of uh, gay soft porn videos from what, what I recall a few weeks ago, yeah? Well, frankly, I haven't even been paying attention to that. It's just, <laughs> it's, maybe I'll leave that one to you. <laughs> okay. But I haven't been paying any attention to that because I think that's pretty standard fare with anybody who's elected into a, a position, okay. political position these days. But at any rate, I, I'm only concerned with with what I heard the other night. So here it is. The county commission approves this five point three million dollar uh, appropriation for these for, to, to save lives, according to Sheriff Labot. It's it's all about saving lives in, in the jail. And everybody has heard about the, the lives that have been unfortunately lost down there. So um, playing off of that. This this was, but but what what we find out that night from uh, Commissioner Ellis is that of of the five point three two point one was supposed to go for the Talatrix uh, biometric watches 
that are supposed to be able to clue the, uh, the, the, whether there was a problem with an individual in the jail. I don't know exactly how that's supposed to work, just keeping a pulse on somebody. But anyway, that, that was supposed to save lives. Ultimately, what we find out, though, is that prior to that, Talatrix, according to Commissioner uh, Ellis, had donated, contributed $78,000 to the sheriff's campaign for re-election. And which, when you hear that, $5.3 million back to Talatrix, $78,000 to elect the guy who's touting this contract to uh, the county commission, it just makes you wonder uh, what what all that's about. It, it smacks of pay to play, but I can't sit there and say that it, that's exactly what it is. There may be, may be other things involved with it. But then the other thing was that Commissioner Ellis also referred to another 232,000 that was donated by a company, not Talatrix, but Tailtrix, that was donated to, uh, by, uh, donated to tail, from Tailtrix to the Americans for Protecting the Public PAC. From the Americans to Protecting the Public PAC, there were uh, upwards of 188,000 that went to the campaign of Clayton County Sheriff LaVon Allen. So this is two major sheriff's uh, counties, counties in, in Atlanta, um, where Talatrix indirectly or directly contributed to the sheriffs one of whom uh, the sheriff then subsequently uh, uh, went to the county commission to appropriate a large amount of money in order to improve the facilities at, the, at one of the jails. So I think this is all going to play out one way or the other, and I think there's more to come on both of these fronts, but that just seems awfully conspicuous that that those kinds of that kind of money is floating around in between people who are supposedly working for the public good. Yeah. So, so Hank, I have a question, Hank. What what are the ethics laws around that? I mean, you may have mentioned it, but is that legal? Is it against policy? Is it, I mean to 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 get take contributions and then recommend a contractor for for business? Well, I think the any kind of the ethics considerations or something that forms uh, uh, becomes a, a judgment call by those who are sitting in positions to do such things. Mm-hmm. So uh, that goes to you know what's in their minds when they make these decisions, and I think you have to make a case one way or the other for whether there is an, a flaw in the ethics of these of these particular deals or not, it seems on the perp on the, on the surface that there should be questions asked about this. Well, it would be interesting to know if they disclosed that they were taking large contributions, you know, or did it well, come the, the, the disclosure um, ethics disclosure sites in Georgia actually do list uh, documents that uh, have been used to track some of this down, most of it down. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, uh, and I think Hank st states it properly. It's, you know, you, you can't just look at the action and come up with, oh, well, that's, that's proof of wrongdoing. However, you do need to look at some of the other things that, that are going on. So, for example, in uh, the same hearing Hank was referring to, uh, Commissioner Ellis reported some things that happened to him personally prior to going public with these things. One was he got a call, uh, I believe he said quite late at night, um, from someone purporting to be... Huh? It was a text. Uh, oh, pardon me, a text um, from someone purporting to be the CEO of Teletrix. And the text was uh, suggesting, I believe he characterized it as suggested he be quiet, and he termed it a, a threatening text. And then two, some very interesting materials showed up, not in his mailbox, but apparently nearby his mailbox, uh, that appeared to, to have been produced by the same pack, Americans for Prosper uh, for Protecting the Public, and um, appeared to be negative campaign materials associated with Commissioner Ellis. What's what is fascinating is this isn't an election year, so who would print such things? And then lastly, in looking at the filings for Americans for Protecting the Public, um, right up on the Secretary of State's website, you find out that well, who started it? And again, it goes back to the gentleman that's uh, listed as the originator is the same gentleman that's CEO of, uh, of Teletrix. Um, so he appeared to begin. Just a coincidence. Pack. Yeah, just a coincidence. He, he appeared to begin the pack and then uh, within a couple of months transferred uh, the officer titles over to other people, um, including at least one former member of the uh, General Assembly, a former House member. Uh, Mark Morris. So there's there's just very very interesting things in all of this, and um, you know Hank's ta talking a little bit about the Clayton County Sheriff and some of the things that appear to be have been transacted between Americans for uh, protecting the public and that gentleman. Um, and we we kind of suspect that there may be more information yet to come. So and that'll keep you busy for the next week, Hank. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> You really wonder where all this comes from, because everything that we're talking about surrounds a very small group of people. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Whether we're talking about HB 1013, HB 520, um, SB uh, 23, which was uh, a bill that was where they took some of 520, put it in SB 23, and then the governor vetoed it. Mm -hmm. but then wrote up a, an executive order to the same effect as that which he vetoed because he said it was unconstitutional, <laughs> which we all had said, it, this is perfectly unconstitutional. But everything is going centering around this one small group of people. That's what's so strange about it. Yeah. So it here. It's notable that uh, this week uh, reports came in from around the state <clears throat> indicating that uh, counties had received a uh, proposed resolution from an ind uh, supposedly independent organization that feeds counties recommendations. And in that resolution, they call for, you know, additional legislative work on mental health and a follow on apparently to uh, HB 520 and, and uh, 1013. Fascinating. And uh, so we'll be looking into that as well. Who wrote it? Who sent it out? Why? But again, it goes back to the same kind of dynamic, this, this notion of mental health and its potential to create ways to um, 
uh, to uh, measure or control people um, seems to be somewhere in here. Yeah, what we're seeing right now is that since 520 didn't pass last year, it's sitting kind of in suspended animation in the Senate subcommittee that uh, on health and human services, where it, it didn't die because you get two years to, to pass one of these bills before it then goes right back to the drawing board. But it's still sitting there. And so a lot of us who have been, in, and you included, have been watching this also have been uh, trying to figure out, okay, what are they going to do next? What are they going to do to light a fire under this bill to get it off a go in the Senate? Because it's just sitting there. It, nothing's changed other than they've taken a portion out of it. They put it in an, a bill that got vetoed, but then got written into an executive order. I guess they could write the entire thing into an executive order, and then it would be a matter of someone taking the initiative and spending the money in order to sue that to say that that this is unconstitutional or it's unlawful or whatever. But that's what, what you're talking about is what this next uh, substack is all about. It's it's recounting uh, incidents that happened in not incidents, but activities that happened in September, where you'll see that this mobilized recovery across Georgia bus tour. This is all about passing 520. They started this uh, back in September in order, and they're going to, they went to 43, maybe they're still going, I don't know, 43 different cities. And they're recruiting, I call it trolling for people to, to join into a study to see if whatever state of mental health that they're in or not in, whether they're a candidate for to be, to be helped by this program, the programs that would be created under 520. And then we have this, this uh, resolution that was sent out by the Association of County Commissions of Georgia, the ACCG, which is this, which is a resolution that it, it's a fill in the blank. It's sent out ostensibly, I don't know for sure, but I expect to all the 159 counties and their county commissions in Georgia for them to consider writing their names in it and approving this resolution, which is urging the governor and the central and the general assembly of Georgia to continue efforts to reform and improve mental health services for the citizens of Georgia. In other words, to pass HB 520. We've talked about that enough, but that's what the that's what this second substack is all about to to bring the reader up to speed on on the efforts of this small group of people once again who are attempting to bring this these uh, mental health initiatives into the public mind so that they can pass that bill. So the last one that no one's seen yet that I I've, uh, I think I pretty well finished it, but I'll point it out. This is Talatrix. Oh, that's wrong one. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's the super secret one. <laughs> this is the super secret one. Uh, this is the unwarranted pursuit of perfecting societal mental health is the Trojan horse ushering in the American police state. Now, you know, let me let me jump in there, Hank. We had an event with uh, uh, James Lindsay in Connecticut uh, last night, 
uh, for Moms for Liberty. And that's exactly what he and others were saying, is that especially in the education and in the schools, the mental health is a way to get control of the kids, continue to indoctrinate them away from parents' view. It, it does start in the schools. It also happened um, with, uh, say, COVID. You know, it, COVID brought in a, an entirely different dynamic into the schools and into the daily lives of, um, of Americans, whether they were put out of work, where they had to work at home, they get become isolated from, from uh, dealing with uh, individuals, uh, groups, uh, workers, friends, and that causes a certain degree of mental uh, mental fatigue, I suppose. Um, but so what we're seeing is that the mental mental illness that they're talking about has become a catch-all for for any number of maladies that they may define uh, and put under this one heading. That it's mental illness. You've got uh, behavioral health, which is kind of Behavioral health is like they're they're trying to determine whether whether you're behaving normally or not. And you everybody's an individual. So normal is what's normal for them. But they want to define what behavioral health is so that if you don't have behavioral health, then you fall into this category. Well, it's that category that that talks about uh, mental illness. It talks about substance abuse. It talks about. Uh, whether individuals are uh, have been incarcerated for uh, lawbreaking and whether all of these people um, fall under the same category. The reason why that is, is because if they fall under the same category and that category needs to be monitored, <laughs> then that gives rise to gives uh, rise to the need for monitoring equipment and monitoring companies. And it just so happens that this very small group of people that's headed by Todd Jones, uh, who's a representative here in Forsyth County, Georgia, um, are, are attempting to put 523 which has all of the, and the capabilities of his patented product as a requirement that the state of Georgia purchase. Whether people can recognize that or not, it's the case. Because when he went up to Tennessee and he went to sell the product to Tennessee, everything that he said in his sales pitch is something that he's included in the bill. <laughs> so if, if you want to sit there and read the bill, you're you're going to get tired because it's just so awful to, to read law. But after about 40 pages, you'll get fatigued. But that's essentially what these people have done. They've they have, they're trying to create a demand for their product and make it, uh, put it into legislation because they're the only supplier of this particular technology. Well, I think as we've seen with COVID, it's also a control mechanism because, yes, a lot of people got rich off COVID, but the vaccine passport or social credit score system that's going to be set up, uh, whether with your currency or with you know, maybe you're labeled as mentally challenged. And so you don't get to go to the store today or, you know, you're, you're a security threat or whatever. I mean, that's what's coming. And this is all folded into that long-term objective and they're all getting rich in the process. I mean, it's yeah. a way to take money from the citizens, redistribute wealth to the oligarchs and control the populations, in my opinion. Yes. One, of, 
one of the things I think might be worth mentioning too is we we're talking about your findings, Hank, are, are focused around specifically Georgia. But while this is happening in Georgia, we found very much the same dynamic playing out in other states. In fact, in, in some cases, many other states with varying degrees of other things baked into the legislation. Some have, you know, again, they go back to behavioral health. So it, it would appear to be founded on a, a consistent concept. But then they might bake in, well, if you if, if your uh, behavior suggest certain things, then you might be flagged so that you can't do certain things. As Todd just mentioned, you may not be able to have or possess a, a firearm or, or be able to purchase one. And so they appear to be baking in legislation. And these are things that folks around the country can actually go look for and find in their own uh, proposed legislation. Unfortunately, I think some may have already passed, but some are still to come and in play. So yeah, it goes right into social credit scores and I can't prove this, but I highly suspect that this technology that we're talking about, this monitoring technology, which we know comes from China because that's where they order the product from. That's where they, <laughs> but it's also uh, highly likely that this technology has existed in China and they put this to work in China. Wow. And now it's simply being imported into this country it just so happens it's coming in underneath our noses. Now, like I said, this is this is just what I surmise. This is what I expect to find. Um, but I can't necessarily say that 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 is the case. But maybe soon, maybe soon. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. one of the things I want to want to put on the table before we finish up is um, just like last time, the folks that understand this topic better than anybody are typically the treating physicians, the nurses, the practitioners that deal with mental health patients, uh, both here and around the country. We already have folks that are aware of this resolution and spotted it instantly. They said, wait a minute, this is just another way to relight this fire under 520. And they were the ones to weigh in initially, ask some very hard questions, uh, many of which could not be answered because they they disputed the very foundation of the legislation that was being proposed. And I suspect those people will become critical and vital to this argument um, and dialogue as we go forward if something like 520 resurfaces, which unfortunately it seems like it must. So we encourage uh, folks that know better to be prepared to come forward. You'll find, uh, I bet, Lots of confidants that are thinking the same thing. And uh, we and others will provide a, a conduit for that information as it uh, begins to bubble up. I, I agree. And I, I just keep going back to the same thing that all of these things we're talking about come right down to the very small group of people. <laughs> and they've, yeah. got, they've got influence in the state of Georgia and they've, They've uh, they've propagated their their influence into certain sheriff's departments. Yeah. You know, anytime you give a, a sheriff one hundred eighty thousand dollars for a runoff, and and they only won by two hundred and sixty six votes because there were only nine hundred votes cast in the runoff. So I figured that was like seven hundred dollars a vote. Wow! That, wow! That, Did that, they drive them over in a limo and then drop them off at the polling yeah. place? Yeah. $188,000 a vote. Not that they're buying votes. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, you know, the investment yielded uh, a margin of victory for the sheriff of 266 votes. 
Well, thank yeah, you. Well, often. Sheriff in there to put that kind of money into 266 votes. That's all I can say. Hank, on a couple previous occasions, you've signed off with a particular expectation. You want to do that again? <laughs> well, there, we're not done yet. We're <laughs> really not done yet. And, uh, and yes, and, and there'll be other things we'll be talking about hopefully very soon, too. Right. We'll be looking forward to it. Thank you so much. But appreciate it very much, guys. All right. Take care. So, Bill, you ran an article in uh, in the Georgia Record this week on Tyson uh, pitching the bugs. Tell us about that. So uh, I, I don't have that ready to go online, but we'll just talk about it. So, yeah. you know, folks have kind of dismissed the WEFs and Klaus Schwab's uh, stated desire for folks to consider eating other types of protein. He keeps talking about, you know, well, insects can be a, a very effective source of protein. And the question first is why, why would anybody be saying, Hey, let's chow down on some crickets. Um, but, but more importantly, people have kind of, I think, dismissed it thinking, ah, this is a joke. Nobody's going to go for this, blah, 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 blah. Well, uh, come come to find out just in the last few days, Tyson Foods has um, announced that they are going to partner with a firm to, in fact, make available uh, food based on insect protein. So worrisome, you bet. Um, yeah. And it, it takes the, gosh, this is just a joke argument off the table. This is real. People are reacting to this. And Tyson is not a small company. So for them to be acting on this is um, particularly important. telling to me. And they, they were acquired by the Chinese, weren't they? Or uh, I think part of them. Well, I have to look that up. And I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, yeah. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we found Chinese. I wouldn't be surprised if we found uh, other investment firms that we won't mention at the moment yeah. until we confirm it. But yeah. you know, there's there's reason for folks now to take this seriously. This is why would why would a major food company in the U.S. be taking advice? from someone like Klaus Schwab and his cadre of followers inside the World Economic Foundation. Yeah. So with, on that note, uh, we're going to launch next week, and not exactly exactly sure when, what day and time, but we're going to be launching a new focus on food. And, and we're going to talk and we're going to bring in some experts on how to essentially start thinking about taking care of your family on your own. And so we're going to look into that deeply. Uh, we already have one gentleman out in Nebraska, Glade Miller Smith. We we're talking about, you don't know what's in your food. You don't know what's in your drugs. You can't trust the institutions. Well, Mr. Smith at family farm, family farm beef doesn't use MRNA in his beef. And, uh, the taste is magnificent. I I've ordered multiple boxes and it's, it's like a, a family fun time when, when the box comes and the kids all want to know what we're going to cook tonight, what kind of beef they like to look through and pick it out. And uh, Mr. Glade Miller-Smith shares our values and shares the need and the focus on protecting your family by bringing them, bringing them and, and, and providing really good high-quality proteins. I'm going to run a quick ad by Mr. Smith. Glade Miller-Smith at FamilyFarmBeefBox.com. It's going to be a good day.
shipping beef this Monday. We do have a little bit left available here. Check us out, familyfarmbeefbox.com. Thanks, have a good day. So more to come on how to uh, protect your family with food security. And uh, who knows what Glade will bring us next as far as commercials are concerned. <laughs> great, great guy. You know, it just makes you want to go visit a farm, honestly. Yeah, honestly. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we're going to bring on our next guest. Can you bring in Mr. Gleason, please? I sure Favorite can. So I'm getting all kind of emails. Wow, that Gleason guy is great, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so well, what do you got for us today, Chris? Well, um, as luck would have it, um, some stuff got dropped, dropped in my lap uh, within the past uh, few days. Um, we've been uh, making some news uh, with our efforts in Wisconsin and the corrupt Supreme Court justice there. So let, let me um, just interject. I asked Chris if he had anything for the show today, and he said, is the sky blue? So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the Democrat Party and Act Blue are literally the gift that keeps on giving. And what we have, uh, what we've obtained as part of our investigations into Janet for Justice and Josh Call in um, Wisconsin, uh, we've got some pretty amazing stuff. And what was great about uh, this was that the, um, the Wisconsin um, fight against Janet for justice, Janet Prostakowicz, um, that complaint, um, ethics complaint, campaign finance violations complaint, um, it ended up getting revised and there were massive, uh, there were massive numbers of illegal campaign contributions that we caught her on. As part of that, we were investigating Josh Call. Josh Call was a uh, Perkins Coey alumni, and um, he was also ground zero in the Act Blue money laundering RICO enterprise. And as we were digging into Call, um, we ended up finding something really, really interesting. Um, some folks. Uh, tied to the investigations going on in Wisconsin and asked me um, if we were able to come up with any affidavits and victims of the Act Blue money laundering uh, identity theft fraud enterprise. And as luck would have it, I just so happened to come across some. And uh, one of these individuals, one of these victims, he started to come forward um, quite early. He came forward in um, as early as May uh, 2018. And what was interesting is he was complaining to Act Blue, the directors at Act Blue. And he said to them, Stop charging my credit cards. He's like, You guys are hitting my credit cards for all of these charges that I'm not authorized. And so they didn't stop and they kept going. And this went on from 2018 into 2020. And he wow. complained more. He complained to the New York State Attorney General's office. He complained to Alvin Bragg's office. Oh, he complained to the FEC. 
Oh, yeah. And he made a lot of complaints, some of which were official. Some we are trying, we're in the process now of obtaining via public records requests submitted to the New York State Attorney General's office and Alvin Bragg's office. Now, the, com the sheer comedy of this, okay, is that in April of 2021, Mr. Uh, our, our um, solid Democrat donor, he was complaining about how, you know, in the beginning when this stuff, when he first caught it with Act Blue, he, um, he was willing to let it go because the cheating was for the Democrat Party. And I actually have it in writing. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so we, we have in writing from the Democrat, Mr. Democrat donor, that he was initially he was okay with the cheating because it was our his guy, his people that were doing it. But apparently um, it got a bit too much for him. Now, this is an interesting case because this is this appears to be somewhat different than the cases that we see that um, uh, in, in, in some of the Wisconsin um, uh, complaints that we have. And it's a little bit different than what we see in Maryland as well. So we have here a Democrat donor who was okay with donating money to Democrats, the Democrat party and, and whatnot. But over time, the fraud um, and their overcharging him became a bit excessive. And apparently he thought that, you know, um, uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of charges every day, um, you know, was excessive. And, you know, apparently that's a problem for him. Um, now, what was interesting. He has a high threshold of pain, I guess. He did, because he, he, he was a true believer for the cop. <laughs> But apparently, um, you know, it got to be too much for him. And he insisted that Act Blue uh, be completely eliminated from ever emailing me or charging me for anything ever again. And that was in November 8th. That was on no, that was in November 18th, 2021. Now, I have to say, if a customer reaches out to you, and you're at blue, and they tell you to stop charging your credit, their credit card. You're supposed to stop charge. I mean, especially if you're at the director level, right? Yeah. I mean that. I mean, you would have to do that. And and he went and he complained to his bank, UBS, UBS Financial Services, and um, UBS is uh, is is quite the esteemed financial organization tied to our good friend Klaus Schwab mm -hmm. and the globalist, right? Well, he told them too. He told UBS Financial Services, he told them, stop charging me. Wow. And, you know, what was beautiful about this, right, is in this he talks about um, double donations and multiple donations on, on certain days to such wonderful esteemed organizations such as Emily's List and move on. And so as we're sitting here and I'm going through this, I'm like, this is a, literally a gift from God. 
um, because I found it. And, you know, and what was great about this guy is he included his credit card statements. Wow. And, and, and so we have all of these credit card statements over a period from 2018 to 2022, actually, 2022. And, you know, they never stopped charging him. They never <laughs> stopped charging him. The, the, they let charged me ask, him. There wouldn't be a DA in Atlanta on that list, would there? Uh, well, actually. <laughs> so, I mean, you can't make this. I mean, you literally couldn't make this up. This is total clown world. This is hilarious. This is Hong Kong. <laughs> This is like a gift. This is a total gift, right? So, so as I'm watching the esteemed Letitia James in the state of New York rail on about the fraudulent enterprises of Donald Trump, she herself was the beneficiary of this massive Act Blue fraud, and so wasn't wow. the FEC and Alvin Bragg. And not only were they beneficiaries, but you know, in the last month of his life, um, this poor guy, still being charged by a blue, mind you, he made campaign contributions on the credit cards that he told them to stop charging them with, okay? To none other than Josh Call in Wisconsin the attorney general wow. so we've got josh call we've got janet prostakowitz we've got manhattan da alvin bragg we've got jerry nadler oh sweet jerry and we've got schumer and we got kristen gillibrand all wow. of them wow yeah and you know apparently this guy he was making con campaign contributions via Act Blue to the Letitia James. And he told them that he didn't want to do anything. Now, here's where we get really fun. I mean, here's where the, the, the comedy comes in, right? The comedy comes in because Letitia James' office says, hey, um, if you have a complaint against Act Blue, you have to complain to um, the Charities Bureau. Now, what uh, we have a letter here. So Letitia James's office, they refer, they refer him off to another department because, you know, we can't have Letitia James, her money supply gets shut off by the RICO operation called Act Blue. You can't make this stuff up. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing, Chris. You, you, you have surpassed expectations today yeah <laughs> I, I find it interesting that uh, ms james has issued a gag order against trump uh and i don't know how this information would um relate to that but i'll tell you i don't care i think it's now our responsibility to make sure that that information gets out yes. oh, so, absolutely absolutely you know? i mean how i mean people who live in glass houses really shouldn't throw stones that's right. And, but I, you know what? I got a wheelbarrow full of stones over here. And mm -hmm. so, <laughs> I don't live in a glass house. And 
I don't. Just kidding, uh, by the way. That was a euphemism. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I yeah. Um, political stones. Here, yeah. Political. Here, here, here's the things. Um, these people, they're caught. And, you know, a lot of the donors to, by the way, Fannie Willis, they're also on this list that this guy, um, you know, it's, it's the same network of illegal money laundering operations. It's the same thing. And, you know, it is the willful blindness on the part of the FEC, the willful blindness on the part of the New York State AG, and the willful blindness on the part of Alvin Bragg. Now, willful blindness is key in establishing criminal intent. And if you're a beneficiary, well, and you're intentionally looking the other way, you've got a problem. And I believe sincerely that if we had a real justice department, because this ultimately really should be a federal case because it goes across state lines, because Act Blue is in Massachusetts, and because all of this stuff is going over the wire, the internet, this is wire fraud. It is identity theft. It is credit card fraud. But we don't have a legitimate government in place anymore, right? We have a illegitimate government. Yeah. Criminal cartel. We have a criminal cartel. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, the people, we have to put our foot down and hold these criminals accountable. Yeah. And we got to get the word out to everybody that this is not acceptable. Chris, talk to me offline. I'll, I know you have your media contacts, but we'll get this out. So, all right, sounds great. Can't wait for can't wait for your next update. It's a, everyone's amazing, Chris. The bar is higher. It's like the Olympics. <laughs> just that just that next half an inch on the pole vault, right? Thank you, Chris. Take care. All right. I should say also that uh, Chris is working very hard on his own dime. If you'd like to support him, go to thejusticesociety.com and help him out. He's spending a lot of resources and time doing all these bar complaints, FOIA requests, legal action, um, and it would be good to support the tip of the spear at thejusticesociety.com. So with that, what else do we got, Bill? Well, I thought it would make a few uh, make sense to spend a few minutes on the latest shenanigans up uh, regarding the U.S. Uh, House of Representatives and their current thinking about a potential speaker. So let me, if I can, I'm going to pull up uh, something from the Georgia record. We've already put out a, uh, an article talking about how um, many people across, across the U.S. are looking at this going, you've got to be kidding me. There is no way that, um, you know, uh, Tom uh, Emmer should be uh, put in place as the Speaker of the House. This gentleman is widely recognized as a former, uh, could be current, but I believe it's former Soros spokesman for one of his initiatives. And uh, I was able to pull down a, a video um, from um, uh, Steve Bannon and uh, listening to Carolyn Wren and I thought we'd we'd play that because it's a very good summary of some of the things people should know, if that's okay. Sure. 
for putting up Tom Emmer. Tom Emmer is awful. A vote for Tom Emmer is a vote for Jack Smith's investigation, to be very clear. Wow. Behind every, wow. he's been the whip. Behind every single bad deal in Congress over the last two, year, two years that Kevin McCarthy negotiated was Tom Emmer whipping for it. Whether, whether or not it was raising the debt ceiling, funding Ukraine, not funding our border, working across with the Democrats, Tom Emmer was behind it. This should not be a shock to us. This is the same Tom Emmer who was the NRCC chair in 2022, constantly told us there was going to be this massive big red wave that turned into barely a red ripple. Only reason we even got a majority was because some people were smart in New York who were able to do some redistricting or else we wouldn't have won the majority under Tom Emmer. It's because he spent tens of millions of dollars primarying America First Trump candidates and money that was not then raised or spent in the general election to actually elect Republicans. This man has fought President Trump and the America First agenda every single step of the way of his career. He's worked for Soros-backed entities before, and we cannot whoa, allow whoa, it to whoa, happen. Whoa, 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 whoa. How's a guy that's the whip in the Republican House have worked for source-backed entities. Because he's is controlled this fake opposition. News or is this real? This is all real. Okay. And we're going to be having a lot of that coming out in the coming days. You're going to hear a lot about Tom Ember, and we have a lot of different information to talk about. But the most. So that that's a good preface to what I think you're going to see popping out in the next couple of days. Um, yeah. This gentleman has some very interesting ties, very concerning. But but more importantly, Kevin McCarthy endorsed him. Why would Kevin McCarthy endorse a gentleman that has these kind of connections and and so forth? Um, and and how many other people have similar connections? I think that remains to be seen. But this is a, a drastic concern that this, he's even being considered as speaker. Well, you know, I, I have a connection to a congressional staffer who's not as, um, I guess, red pilled, for lack of a better word, as some of us. And you know, this person was telling me, well, if we get rid of McCarthy, we might get a, a Democrat speaker. And my comment was McCarthy was a Democrat speaker. He passed <laughs> all of the bills that he wanted with Democrat support. And the only way they could get Emmer in is with Democrat support. Cause there's, there's at least eight Republicans who probably a lot more who will not vote for him. So this is going to be a coalition government with the Democrats, which we had under McCarthy. And now it's just out in the open. So people say, well, we shouldn't have got rid of McCarthy. Well, now you're going to really see who governs you, uh, as, yep. as Bannon has said. As, so, as in most cases, too, it isn't just what they do. Sometimes it's what they don't do. Look at all the things that McCarthy had uh, promised and alluded to, and that just plain didn't happen. Yeah, and lied about. One one Basic last thing case, to share yeah. that goes right to what you just said. Mm -hmm. Already, um, Breitbart is reporting that at least a dozen Republicans will not uh, will not support. Um, Emmer in at least this sounds like at least in this first vote. So we'll see what yeah. happens from then on out. But uh, the word is already out across Georgia and probably across most of the country. You know, do do not do not like this gentleman for a speaker. And we need to pressure people like uh, who's the Drew Ferguson. Was that the congressman Drew, that voted? Drew Ferguson. Really, really all the all the Georgia representatives will have an article up by tomorrow morning with their phone numbers and so forth. But um, we we should this should be a habit that we're growing in terms of feeding back to the folks that represent us, tell them how to represent us, get on the phone, phone, phone calls from what I understand are, are more uh, beneficial than, uh, than emails and uh, tell them how to represent, tell them what you want. Yeah. And we should be forthright in that, that we're not talking to celebrities. We're talking to the people that we hired to represent us. Well, on that vein, uh, I was at this event in Connecticut last night, and uh, one of the, it was a state rep and not a federal rep, but uh, she said, 
if your congressman's, at least his staff, doesn't know who you are when you walk in the office, then you're not visiting them enough. <laughs> so, um, and she meant they need to know who you are. It doesn't matter if they're tired of you. They need to know who you are and know your opinions and multiply that by a million and you get real grassroots pressure. It, so it's funny you should say that. I was at an event this past month and uh, one of our county people came walking up next to me and I introduced myself and uh, I was told, oh, uh, I know who you are. <laughs> so yeah, I guess we're making yeah. progress. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> so uh, before we leave, uh, I just want to throw out there, we're getting close to the holidays. If you're looking for a gift for that someone who has everything, uh, my novels, which are Connor Murphy novels, uh, have been compared to uh, you know, a lot of the Tom Clancy type or, or Brad Thor or, or others. Uh, that's my Iranian book. But my novels, if, if you go to ltodwood.com, you can get there's package deals that we can get them out to you. And I can tell you that they're all going to be re-released soon by History of Books. So the original copies, we still have some if you want some of the collector's items. Uh, I have a guy in Texas who every time I release a new book. He says, my retirement plan is to get every one of your books signed. So um, anyway, that's a compliment. But, uh, anyway, if you want to go to ltodwood.com, you can find something your, your special person may not have, and they may enjoy reading over the holidays because they're very prescient books, even though many of them were written some years ago. So with that, Bill, you got anything else? That's it for today. Uh, can't wait to see what goes on between now and Wednesday. I do have I do have some early data coming in from uh, Cherokee County regarding a meeting where uh, apparently some of the establishment slash rhinos uh, may have uh, may have gotten their horns tipped off a little bit. So uh, we will see. And we may run uh, the James Lindsay speech from the Connecticut event Wednesday night because it's it's highly apropos. To Georgia. So as to what's happening in our education system and, and James is fantastic. So we'll see you Wednesday night. Take care.